morning, good afternoon, good evening, screen rats, couch potatoes. How are we all doing this week? It's all turned a little bit sort of rainy where I live. I don't know about you, not to talk about the weather, but uh, it was really hot and unbearable last week, and now it's just piercing with rain outside my window. And I had to get the umbrella out for the first time in I don't know how long. I bought that thing in January when I got back from Spain, and I swear I used it like once between uh, January and May, something like that. But today I had to get it out so it didn't get wet but still did the school run in shorts and T-shirt in hope of winter being abated by my clothing. I tend to sort of, you know, wear whatever. I just wear the same fucking stuff no matter what the weather is, you know, until it gets really cold. Then maybe I'll put a hoodie on and it will have to be, you know, almost Siberian for me to put a coat on. I don't even own a winter coat at this point. I've probably left it too late and they're probably hundreds of pounds. So that's probably not going to happen this year again. Now, today, you're going to hear from Dane Simpson. He's an Australian comedian, really, really funny guy, great laugh. I saw him comparing Fast Fringe at Pleasance in Edinburgh, and I just kind of wanted to talk to him. You know, I sort of made myself known at the end of the gig, gave him a flyer and said, look, you know, you're around. He wasn't around. He flew straight back to Australia probably the next day, I think he said. Uh, So we've done a remote record uh, since then. Now, I have a lot of big uh, episodes coming down the pipe, and they're a bit longer than some of these episodes I've been putting out. Uh, So the reason for me turning this one around nice and quick is that firstly, Dane's going to be on The Amazing Race Australia, and I want to get this one out in time for that. Secondly is the, the really big ones I've got coming up are just, they're going to require a lot more of my time. And since the kids went back to school, I haven't got a lot of time. So I'm sort of getting into the swing of things. So apologies for if anyone is listening who is a guest on this, who has expected their episode to come out by now. I get it. I get it. If anything, it's because I hold you in such high regard that I want to take a long time to edit those long ones and get them perfect. So, uh, you know, the people do this all the time. I see, uh, you know, I've seen uh, podcasts recorded live and sometimes it's three, four, five months before they actually hit the what is known as airwaves, even though they're not airwaves anymore. But you know what I mean. So uh, we've got some really good ones coming up as well. That's not to demean this episode in any way. I just had a really fun chat with Dane. And I thought this would be a fun one just to do, you know, quickly. We had a very short record and it was recorded at the most unearthly time. Half past seven in the morning, my end, 4.30 in the afternoon, his. So, you know, it's the only early morning one I've done like that. So we'll see how uh, how I'm doing on the other end. I'm probably absolutely out of my mind and tiredness. But um, yes, this is Dane Simpson. Let's get straight into the episode this week. I've got nothing I want to get off my chest. Uh, yeah, let's just get into it. I was all set to start then, wasn't I? But then something came up in the news, which I just have to discuss ever so slightly and carefully. Well, well, well. There's going to be a few films taken down from Netflix, aren't there? Well, Saturday night we saw a TV show like no other, Dispatches, a Channel 4 sort of news show, which revealed the question that a lot of people had had on their lips for quite a while. Who is the well-known open secret comedian? Hmm, well... I'm not going to even say his name, but he's already put a video out to say it's not him, which is very fucking unclever, right? To say it's not me. The thing that, come on, dude, everyone knows it's him. It's been an open secret backstage for years. I've heard his name banded around for quite a while now. Everyone knows. Even on this podcast, I've had to cut out huge sections where people have named and shamed him and others. And I can't put it up for legal reasons. By the time this comes out, um, he would have denied it. His little fucking cult following online will get behind him and pretend he's some kind of fucking messiah, which he thinks he is. This little fucker fucking grew up a few years after me in the same streets as me in Dagenham, by the way. 
I used to watch him, used to listen to him, was a fan of the radio shows back in the day. Thought he was really clever. Fucking destroyed one of my favourite Friday night TV shows by, you know, dragging someone into that. And I just, I have no time for him now. I think he's an absolute prick and his book should fucking all just be going in skips right now. And there's going to be some kids movies that he's been in that are just going to get taken down, as I said. Anyway, uh, let's see how this all pans out, I guess, right? But these open secret things, no one knows what to do. I mean, it's all very well, like uh, the BBC thing from the 70s and all that, people were complicit. But, you know, I worked in theatre for over 20 years and I saw multiple occasions where young boys were taken to various actors' dressing rooms, led there by the company manager often, many times. I never understood why the Me Too thing, and, and further than Me Too, because it involves boys as well. Let's not forget that. How come that didn't extend to theatre, music, all of it? I mean, Jesus Christ, if they ever knew what went on backstage, they'd have closed it all down years ago, trust me. There's a guy who used to grab my fucking balls and call me cuntsy, all right? That's what he used to do. And this fucker is going to be on an Australian reality TV show in a couple of weeks' time. I mean, these fuckers never go away, and they always seem to get away with it. Now, grabbing my balls, I don't know what that is. Is it ugh, under the current climate? God knows. But it's nothing I enjoyed, and I fucking hated it. And when he left the show, I was really, really fucking happy because the person that replaced him was an absolute star and lovely and really nice to me. You know, but yeah, I didn't enjoy that. And there's uh, in, in the whole of that world, there's all kinds of things that go on and we all know about it and we say fucking nothing. Yeah, everyone's complicit. We all are right in almost every job. Someone's known someone that's done something and comedy is no different. As soon as I got into that world, I started asking the question backstage, who is it? And one of the names I already knew because I would already put in a complaint myself about him because he touched one of my fellow workers inappropriately and I had to make a formal complaint. And I was given the fucking brush off by the management saying, well, you know, we can't do anything about it because, you know, he is who he is and blah, 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 blah. I was astounded, astounded. And everyone knows who this is. This is the second name on the list. Anyway. We should all be ashamed, I guess. And I hope the fucker really fucking falls from a great height. And he'll do the whole conspiracy theory. Oh, poor, poor, pitiful me. They're coming out for me. The mainstream media, as if it's a fucking real thing that all gets together at night like the fucking Illuminati. It's a fucking prick. Don't listen to his big words and his stupid bollocks. Everyone knows. Anyway, bye-bye, knobhead. Why don't you take your use of the word Baroque, stick it in a glass with some fucking Barocca, and choke on it, you fucking bellend. Roll up, roll up. Welcome to Television Times, a new podcast with your host, me, Steve Otis Gunn. We'll be discussing television in all its glorious forms. From my childhood, your childhood, the last ten years, even what's on right now. So join me as I talk to people you do know and people you don't about what scared them, what inspired them, and what made them laugh and cry here on Television Times. How have you been, my brother? Yeah, I'm all right, man. All right, all right. It's a long time since Edinburgh. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. How are you recovering from it? I know you left, uh, when did you go? Mid, yeah, mid, midway mid through. Um, yeah. I had to film a show, so that's coming out next week, which will be really cool. Excellent. But yeah, I, I don't know. Seeing people's posts and stuff, it feels like forever ago, yeah, like yeah. almost even last year. <laughs> so what a, what a nutbag. I think opportunity, but also like <sighs> just a place to be in. Yeah, yeah. At the time. It's crazy and hectic. Uh, how many times have you been to Edinburgh? So I, I went there last year as a reconnaissance sort of mission, um, mm. checking out the place, getting a few spots here and there and trying to understand um, that UK humour maybe or yeah. do these jokes sort of work and all that type of stuff so that this year when we went with a solo show, I could just yeah. hit the ground running. 
click straight, straight into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How was it for you? It was amazing. It yeah. was everything about it was just next level. I'm so glad that I did do that prep work. But in saying that too, like everything went amazing. But the shows were close to selling out or we sold out like heaps of shows. And then the other ones we would may as well have. Um, and then those last two weeks, if I would have stayed, we would have sold out every every night. So <laughs> the vibe was very positive. I found like as uh, soon as I got there, I just I just became incredibly happy. I mean, I was just there recording podcasts and seeing shows and meeting people like yourself. But um, it was just great to be up there again and feel that vibe. And I haven't felt that since about 2018, I think, to be honest with you. Even with the insane concerts. I mean, after (laughs) day two, I'm sort of shouting about the price of a sandwich. uh, But, you know... (laughs) Yeah, fucking eight pound fifty for a toasty or whatever it is. It's uh, yeah, it's a bit nuts. All that, but yeah. oh, and and like I'm feeling it because it's double. Mm. So yeah, you're getting Brexit. You're slightly better off than okay. what, what is it now? What's the exchange rate? Uh, it was double. It was literally I was double. getting fifty cents oh, for the dollar. <laughs> mm. just every, fucking hell! How much is that pint? Yeah, fourteen dollars. You know, well, wow. yeah, yeah. That's it. Was that I was like. Did I just pay twelve dollars for a bottle of Coke? Like, probably did. What is going on? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know how they're going to solve that problem. There's a lot of people talking about that, but I think that's just uh, it's just the way it's going to go. And people probably accept it like they're going to the cinema or the airport or Disneyland or something. Just that's what it costs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just so, just I'm, I'm for a whole month. Yeah, I'm yeah. just paying Disneyland costs. Exactly. <laughs> For yourself, luckily, my digs were really far away, like an hour away. Hell of a lot of traveling, though. You get in, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, exactly. You go see a midnight show, and you're trying to get a bus at two a.m. and you get back at three a.m. and you're trying to get to sleep, and you've got, you know. But you must have been doing loads of because you did Fast Fringe. You're doing other spots in other places and doing lots of other shows. Heaps of them. Yeah. Um, I think on average, I was doing roughly about three gigs a day, mm. um, and they were all various different times. Um, but particularly my show being at ten thirty at night was really putting me out so maybe i have a beer at the end of the show have a bit of a like a wind down uh run into somebody at the bar and then probably you know it's a half past midnight and then going home whereas when you're starting at half past 11 or midnight it's now four in the morning yeah and you're like i should be in bed yeah, yeah but yeah. also um Australian time. So it's, it's, uh, I don't know. Edinburgh is the, the land that time forgot for me <laughs> yeah. because I, I just lived in no man's land. Um, it was too late or too early for Australia. It was too late or too early for, um, Edinburgh. So it, I didn't get jet lagged. I just was on a wrong time zone for everyone. The whole time it was just crazy. On it. How long after flying to Edinburgh did you actually have a show? So we, we flew in on a Thursday to London. Mm-hmm. Um, stayed in London till the Sunday, went to Edinburgh. It sounds like a Craig David song. Yeah. Edinburgh on the Monday. A weekend in London. Nice and, <laughs> also nice and cheap. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Um, and we stayed near um, King's Cross Station too, which is yeah. just, I didn't realize, but that just skyrockets your um Used to be more like Sydney's King's Cross, but not anymore. It's uh, a whole nother level. Yeah, I like. Yeah, yeah. And it like uh, there's a foot around the bed. You had room around the that bed. That was That's a bonus. nut bags to me. <laughs> <laughs> fall off the bed and hit the wall. King's Cross is an absolute <laughs> shithole. Not long ago, seriously, dude. Like twenty years ago, it was an absolute dump. It was just like uh, junkies oh. and fucking three legged dogs, you know. But now it's like I don't know. It's like some kind of uh, new, up a bit. new city. That station oh. had like a whole like seventies plastic sort of facade on the front of it, so it looks shit. 
And they tore it all right. off to reveal that beautiful old, you know, brick arch building from, I don't know when, I can't guess, 100 years ago? Yeah. I'll put it in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now it's stunning up there. Absolutely stunning. Like a four-pound donut. beautiful. King's Cross Railway Station was built between 1851 and 1852. Then in the 1970s, a temporary structure was built out front, which stayed up until 2012, and everyone hated it, including me. I did see uh, a, a guy who I'm assuming stole beers from one of the, um, like a bottle around mm-hmm. around King's Cross Station somewhere there. I absolutely love how Australians put O's on the ends of everything. Steve-O, the Savo, Bottle-O is a new one for me. I know in Australia they call off-license bottle shops, so I'm assuming that's where this derives. And the reason why I say that I think he stole them is because he was wearing a jacket and the beers were stored into the back of his jacket. <laughs> he had compartments. Um, and I mean, like, yeah, he had, like, compartments. For, and it and it was like, I reckon he had, you know, if, if you're going to steal beers, I reckon six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that way you're not clanging so about. Leaning but this guy, he easily had 18. <laughs> and they were just like. And he's like, bloop, 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 bloop. Oh, and he's like walking down the street. That's amazing. Absolutely. So he built it like a Marie Kondo kind of sock thing that you'd hang in your wardrobe. She, he's got it as a fucking <laughs> coat full of beers. In the back, like in that back bit, like in the tail of his, That's very of his coat. Wow. And then he bought a six pack. I'm assuming bought Acquired. because he was carrying a six pack. And then he uh, he went behind the bins and like a, a cheeky Superman going back into Clark Kent, yeah. took off the jacket tucked that behind the bins and then took his little six pack around. So I think that that was like his little squirrel nest. Yeah. He stored his nuts and then was off. So um, was he, was he selling them then? Or? No, just, no just I reckon himself. he was coming back to him. All right. So I reckon it's just that was his own, own little personal stash. Yeah. And, and me, because I watched him do it and then watched <laughs> him walk off. So <laughs> thanks for sharing those uh, free beers with me, the legend. I think the only thing I ever <laughs> found in, uh, in any kind of nook and cranny in King's Cross was as a child, I still have a memory of finding your first porn mag and that's where it was it was literally oh. in, a, in a fucking <laughs> hedge opposite King's Cross Station was it in a bush? it was in a bush it was actually in a bush it's a bush and it was a collection oh, so bush and it was everything at once it was like it was all the things you could imagine in one go um, so it was, this it was, is... it was like sticking a USB in my brain this is phenomenal. That is crazy to me because in Australia, I'm slowly finding that bush porn was really the biggest way for young people to find porn. Like back in the day, it just was hidden in a bush and there was so much, yeah, yeah. so much of it, a collection of it, like exactly what you're saying, like a, a, a storage of magazines that someone's just gone and here to the bush you shall yeah, go. I, I mean, were they were they putting them there for other people, or was it again? Was it a, this is a very strange topic? Uh, was it for their own personal consumption? Is, I don't, I don't know. It's like those libraries they have now, the <laughs> library, where you, a book swap. Was it a porn swap? Yeah, was that was that the thing? And it was always a bush. I don't understand. But yeah, in in like little country towns where like where I'm from, you would like jump on a motorbike, go for a little cruise. And you're on the outskirts of town, and you would come across a bush, and it would have these magazines in that bush. And it just it blows my mind that that's worldly. Because yeah, you go yeah. to a city like London, yeah. and you're like, oh, there's no bushes around. We found one. There's one. And it's near King's Cross Station. Of course it is. <laughs> of course it is. And here's, here's the bush that we yeah. <laughs> In the middle of the city. <laughs> to be honest, I think that I'm is pretty mind blowing sh- to me. I'm pretty sure I heard it referenced in Reservation Dogs as well. In a recent episode where the old the elder guys were talking about bush porn. I think they even called it that. 
So it might even be in Native American uh, culture as well. I think it's everywhere, man. It's absolutely everywhere. That's this is worldwide. Yeah, yeah. we're we're under a conspiracy Don't here. Don't go on hamster. This is amazing. Okay, so where would it be in Edinburgh? <laughs> Fucking right in George's Square, stuck to the ticket office. <laughs> There's a bush somewhere. I have no idea. Some would say the posters. <laughs> well, they're sticky, aren't they? some questions <laughs> this is a podcast about yeah. television but i got a couple of questions first right now the town you live in i don't think i've been there i've certainly passed very close to it now i'm apprehensive yeah. about my pronunciation and you can probably understand why yeah uh, yeah uh, it's spelt different than it sounds right yes yeah okay. absolutely right, right. um am i helping you or should you you give it a crack first I mean, and then I'll... i called it wagga wagga and apparently it's yeah. not that and uh no the, 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 how, what was it <laughs> And that's 100% how it's spelled, but it's, yeah. it's pronounced Wagga Wagga. Yeah, that's tricky for me to um, say. <laughs> that means, that it, means it something else over like here when from... I was a kid, and I'm not entirely comfortable with, with that. It does sound like it comes from Krusty the Clown School, you mm. know, like when it's like, funny places, Wagga Wagga, Walla Walla. Um, it derives obviously from uh, from Aboriginal language. Yeah. Um, here... In, in Wagga Wagga, so the Wiradjuri people are the traditional custodians. Yeah. It sort of has two meanings in a way. As I was growing up, the Wagga Wagga City Council has adopted this belief that it comes from a bastardized version of Wagan, which is means crow in Wiradjuri language. Okay. And to say it twice pluralizes. So crows many crows um and so place of many crows is what the what the paperwork said on the wagga wagga city council for a good maybe 40 years um but now uh recently one of the one of the elders one of the big aboriginal people that were have been pushing about the language actually created a wiradjuri dictionary which is pretty cool um he's been saying that wagga wagga actually means to dance intoxicatedly with the spirits. That's better. Um, so the, yeah, a place of, of celebration. Yeah. And so oh, okay. but I think nice. today it's it's less uh, Miami spirits and more uh, Bacardi. Right. <laughs> uh, that, that's where I live. My yeah. traditional people, so being an Aboriginal man, mm. um, uh, are more northwest um, from a place called Walgut. Yeah, I was looking at that uh, on the map and, then, and I thought, oh, he's just moved down the road. And I go, of course, Australia, no, seven and a half hours. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and Gamilaroi people is my traditional people. But uh, I've lived here for over 30 years and it's uh, a lot of the traditional customs and stuff I've sort mm. of like learnt and, and uh, I love knowing about that type of stuff. I think it's really fun and really, um, I don't know, I, I feel a little bit like it's respectful. Yeah, to, it's important. It's to a, be, yeah. And also to hand down to others and, you know, keep it going. Don't let it, you know, die out. Mm. And one of the few things I did when I was, first time I ever went to Sydney, actually, I went on a, it was weird, it was in uh, Sydney Botanic Gardens. I went on an Aboriginal, like, horticultural walk. I still yeah, remember yeah. what that guy told me, like just about plants. Yeah. It like, blew my mind a little bit, you know, just just in the yeah, middle right? of the city. It's really yeah. cool. Very cool. It's like magic. But yeah, I've only I've only been to Australia twice. I've only been to Australia twice. That's quite that's quite good for an English person. But um, you know, <laughs> I've been there for a long time, and I really, really fucking miss it. And I think that's why I watch so much Australian television. Some of it shit. But um, I'm yeah. I'm really into like yeah, right. watching Australian versions of things. I just uh, we're currently watching like Aussie, Aussie traitors. You know, things like that. I just love all that silly stuff. We are very good at making shows shit. 
You have some um, and I love it. Yeah, me too. Oh, that's that's the thing is that we we do make another show, but we will insert like this weirdo from the bush who doesn't talk to <laughs> any human being for like thirty years, and then yeah. we whack a camera in front of him and go, "What have you got to say about this issue, mate?" And they're like, "Yeah, like." Oh, <laughs> The pigs will get us. There was a guy on maths last year and he just lived like, he kept saying things like, yeah, I go to Darwin and I get in the car and I go for like six hours and then I walk another three and that's where I live with my dog. And I'm like, this fucker's not going to settle down. <laughs> and then the woman, they give, they give him like a real glam woman from like Perth or something. Yeah. And, and she's like, are you willing to move for, for love? And he's like, yeah. And I'm thinking, no. Are you willing to move in the no. middle of crocodile country and live with him in the middle of the yeah. river? I don't think so. It's brilliant. That's man. exactly exactly <laughs> it. Like, yeah, this guy doesn't even catch a flight. You know, like <laughs> he probably drove to Melbourne to film the show exactly. all the way from Darwin or something it's stupid. The, it's like the distances it's, of the couples they put together in those shows is hilarious because it's like it's if they it's like the British one. It's if you had someone who lived in Scotland and someone that lived in Prague and they're trying to work it out. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah, yeah. Oh, we really kicked it off, but we mm. live thirteen hours away. I just and like and it, it, sometimes they do it, and it's two planes, mm. which doesn't make sense. If it's more than one plane, it's not going to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get someone from Cairns and someone from Broome. I think that's like even four planes to get there. But oh, there was one woman. She was great. She was so like positively racist. I don't remember her name, but there was this older lady and she she got this like little sort of oh. Irish looking guy from Tasmania or something. <laughs> and she went, I asked for someone from the islands. I wanted someone from the yeah. islands. And I'm like, you can't order someone from the islands. <laughs> she kept banging on about it for a whole season. <laughs> I was like, and this little guy's going, well, I'm just a short white guy. This, this is not going to work out. <laughs> That's so funny. And it's one of those things where I like, I like him. But does it come in brown? I don't. I don't. Like it's just, exactly. It's ridiculous. <laughs> when I put season two on, I was really surprised that there was no Indian contestants. There was no one of Asian descent. There certainly wasn't anyone who was Aboriginal. I mean, no, no. What the fuck is going on? so weird the casting like I, I don't think they do that here anymore they'd be like be pulled off the air for like you know lack of diversity oh, and that's that's the thing i think it's mm. all to do with the casting it's not like they're not around yeah there's so many people of all these diverse backgrounds mm. but in saying that too um i think we're in a position where people want to see diversity these days so there's no real reason why people aren't being cast how can there not be like one contestant it doesn't make sense it just doesn't feel like a true representation of modern australia to me no i mean of course if it just accidentally goes that way i get it and don't just yeah, like, yeah. have one of each like a benetton advert to try and make out your call but, yeah yeah but fucking hell you can't all be white apart from one that's ridiculous it's, it blows it's what um blows my mind too particularly like getting into the world of like being cast in these shows or being on some of the shows mm. is that they won't take more than one so like oh hey i, I wouldn't mind being on that show oh we've already got an aboriginal oh, so shit. we'll um we'll have a look at something yeah it's oh, like man, that's like women on, on panel shows 10 years ago here oh you got a woman on you can't get two <laughs> We've already got one. What are you? We've <laughs> already got one. That's fucked up. Um, what show are you filming right now, Danny? You allowed to say? Or? 
Oh, we, we just finished filming the Amazing Race, Celebrity Amazing Race, which was incredible. And that's going to be coming out very, very soon. And then I was filming um, another show, uh, which will be coming out hopefully in a week or so. It's um, Thank God You're Here. Thank God You're Here. Um, have you ever seen that? No, what's that about? Work it on the list of shows to, uh, to check out. Okay, well, it's one of my favorites actually, and it's I think it's one of our top rated shows. Right. A person walks into a situation just full of improv actors, they already have the situation mapped out. So, they it might be you're a kid in school and you've been caught right. um, smoking or whatever it is, and you've got to walk into the situation, you're being yelled at by the principal of the school, and then uh, a police officer comes in, and then you've got to. And, and you know nothing about the whole situation. You're walking in, you're dressed as a school kid. Right. Um, they literally dress you five minutes before you walk into the situation and then boom. All oh, right, right, right. And then it's just it's just your reaction to the whole situation is what the um, the audience dig. So it's a lot of improv. Yes, yes. We had a show here called Murder in Successful with Tom Davis, which yeah. I think is because there's yeah. a, one in America just called Successful. It, it is. It's that kind of new thing, isn't it? It's like murder mystery almost, but live with famous people trying to work it out and they're in real time. Yeah. Have you got people doing impressions as well, playing characters. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I, love I love that, that. show. That's, that's such a I think I think you guys did it so well. Like it yeah. was and that's the original. And Will Arnett, I love. So when that came out, I I loved watching it. I feel like they dumbed it down a little bit for the mm. first season. Hopefully season two will be Yeah, I I did stop watching that because and I, I like all the people. It just felt sometimes things just feel too American. Yeah. Like going back to like the reality shows we were sort of talking about, like we can't watch the American ones. Yep. Like my wife lived there. She's Canadian. She lived in America. But like she just can't do it. It's just too fucking bright yep. and, and shiny yeah. and, and glitzy. And it's all about, uh, they just push that fame a bit much. Whereas like I think when you get someone like in an Australian one, they sort of beat them down a bit. Yep. Like the British yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? They've got some glam person throwing yeah. SAS at Middleton, I call her a cunt and throw in the river. That's exactly it. <laughs> and two minutes later, you know what I mean? Or Lord Sugar shouting yeah. at him on The Apprentice going, fuck off. And you're like, oh, we're not used to this. We want to be treated with respect. <laughs> yeah. I, I must prefer that. That's funny. exactly, I think Australians will walk out and go, oh, I'm the greatest. And then every other person will go, um, you're shit. I'll vote you out. Yeah. Whereas <laughs> an American will walk out and they're expected to be like, oh, I'm the best. And everyone's like, oh, hmm. that person's the best. And then they get to stay. Um, but we have such a tall poppy syndrome in Australia where we're like, nah, mate, calm down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Or, or you'll be out. So I just feel that the American ones, they keep people in for good telly. They do that a little bit with Aussie stuff like yeah. maths, but you just know that the producer's in their ear, you know, going, we'll keep this one yeah. in no matter what. She's good telly. That's very true. Someone's got to smash the glass <laughs> and start fighting. <laughs> Someone needs wine in their face. Yeah, in the wine country, everyone's supposed to be having a nice time. A glass gets smashed. Yep. Someone starts calling each other names, and uh, yeah, it gets uh, well, it gets bitchy. Let's say that. Yeah, they push people into these situations, don't they? Absolutely. Anyway, don't know where I went there. Sorry, Dane, I went all over the place. Um, <laughs> I've got to check one thing before I actually ask you a couple of questions about television at the end. Is this just a wind up? It says on your on your on your website, or I think it's your website. It says. Dane's dad holds the Wagga Wagga record for most finger clicks in a minute and owns the do with Michael Jackson inscribed on it. Is that right? Is that real? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you, um, to, you need to unpack two, that and explain. <laughs> taking, taking, taking the two. Okay. So the first one, um, 
it is in a way sort of taking the piss, but we were at the pub and my dad can click really fast and really loud. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's weird. He can, you know, like um, Wipeout by the Beach Boys. Yeah, ding, ding, ding. He can, he can click that. Um, wow. And not just, but he can like really wow. far, really loud. That's pretty impressive. It's really impressive. And then we were at the pub and then somebody was like, oh, I could click that. And then they were trying to and hmm. he couldn't. And then it just turned into, if you can beat my dad at clicking, yeah. I'll buy you a beer. And everyone could not beat him. And so then just as a collective, we just declared dad the the fastest finger clicker in the whole of Wagga. Finger clicker. How do you keep your fingers going? Do you put olive oil on them or something? I, I, mean, I don't know. Apparently he used to walk around as a kid like... I mean, that's like pretty impressive being, what you're doing. I can't do any of that. You know what? That's from taking the piss out of it. Like, oh, it's right. genuinely, I, actually got genuinely I go, good. oh, have you seen my dad? <laughs> I've become good. <laughs> that's like me with beatboxing. I used to do, I used to go around and do like, um, like take impressions of a, a Casio keyboard. And I used to go, mm, 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 mm. I do the filling button. And, that's, and then you get good at it. <laughs> that's really good. That is really good. But that was bagger. That was like so zacked to that keyboard. I remember that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fingered position. That's so funny. <laughs> it's a Casio NT100. So good. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Back to your back to your dance ditch. The Michael Jackson, the one that goes. So, oh. <laughs> that one. <laughs> My dad's an absolute idiot. I don't know if people, so people come to my show um, and then particularly I brought this to the Edinburgh show, mm-hmm. um, the, the actual didgeridoo oh, itself. I love that travel one. My God, it's beautiful. Yeah. I, I talk about that in the show as well. So uh, some work colleagues gave that to me, which is really, really cool. Mm. Um, but I don't know much about it. I only know that they were, obviously it was just a gift, but I think somebody made it more as an ornament sort of thing, but it sounds incredible yeah so yeah that's why i play it but um and that's one of four didgeridoos that are in the in the show the i've got my actual didgeridoo that i play that sounds great i've got a didgeridoo that sort of is half cooked i don't know how to say um as as built like while i was making it it's not it's not quite fully made and i keep it that way because it's a good way to show people um the steps in how you make a didgeridoo and and it's about halfway halfway there um, and the other didgeridoo is the Michael Jackson didgeridoo, which is my dad um, went out one day and he had a didge and he's like, I'm going to get this artist to paint it. And I was like, that's really cool. And when he said, I'm going to do something contemporary, his favorite artist, like his favorite act mm. is Elvis Presley. And I no. thought he's going to come back and it's going to have Elvis on it. And it came back and he ca- and he had, it's got about 15 Michael Jacksons on it oh. in various stages of his career. It's strange <laughs> to say the least. A couple of R. Kelly's it's a thriller, on the back, Woody Allen on the front, Bill Cosby <laughs> underneath. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> like, you know, what? I'm, like it's so weird <laughs> Um, and he's like, oh, that's worth money. And I'm like, I don't think so. I think you devalued it, to tell you the truth, Dad. Uh, And he's like, oh, no, 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 I love it. And here's the thing, it's well done. Like, it looks incredible, and it's it's beautifully painted. Uh, and, and the guy that paints it, he goes by Bill Wallace, but hmm. his name is obviously William Wallace, which I find incredibly funny oh. that I, I brought that didgeridoo to 
Edinburgh. Um, I'm playing this didgeridoo in Scotland. <laughs> they buy William Wallace. Yeah. <laughs> so has it got the pale? Has it got the really scary pale Michael Jackson on there as well? Just no, it doesn't. The, yes, all scary. the Michaels are are brown or darker sort okay. of thing. So it's of that era mm. of Michael, which which my dad says, because uh, I, I, was, I was like, dude, Michael did some things that you don't know about. And he goes, no, 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 no. I do know about him. But he did that shit when he was white. So, and that's got brown Michaels on there. <laughs> that's dad logic for you. Like he'll, he'll weasel his way out of it. He told me that Bruce Lee was Aboriginal once. And I'm like, I don't think so, dad. I'm pretty sure he's born and bred in China. I know that Bruce Lee was born in Hong Kong. Everybody does. But come on, it's been part of China for over 25 years now. It's an easy mistake to make. And it's the way it is, whether we like it or not. So calm down, everyone. I do want to ask you uh, very quickly, how the fuck did you travel with all those didgeridoos? Must have cost a fortune. Because I bought one in 99, had it shipped back to the UK, and it cost me a mint. Uh, not with Qantas. So Qantas have a um, a rule with musical instruments. I thought you were going to say Qantas had a didgeridoo cupboard on the plane. That would be fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I wish they did. Um, and for a good solid year, two years, where I was, I've been performing this show around Australia. Sometimes they'd let me on the plane, sometimes they won't. And I ended up tweeting about it. And Qantas sent me a tweet, or they sent me an email and said, "Hey, you can take a didgeridoo for free from now on. Um, you've just got to let us know what flight you're going to be on." And and yeah. Wow. I love Qantas. I can't imagine BA or Virgin being like that chilled about such things. Just in case we uh, get future sponsorship from either of those companies, I'm not bad-mouthing you. I like all those airlines. I just think we're a little bit more sort of red tapey in the UK. Anyway, Shane, yeah. I'm going to ask you a couple of <laughs> TV questions at the end to round this up uh, to actually make it into a TV podcast. We have talked about telly, though, haven't we? We have a little bit. Absolutely. Okay, let's, uh, let's start with this one. What's the first thing you remember seeing on TV? First thing that I ever seen on TV, I think was a TV show called Rage, um, hmm. which is uh, a music, uh, sort of like MTV yeah. um, here in Australia on our um, on our ABC, Australian Broadcasting Corporation. And I loved it. I fell in love with it. I still love it to this day. Yeah. And my dream is to host Rage. Oh, is really? To, What's the premise of it? They just show music videos um so the the videos but the to host it would be like you get to choose which music videos to show and which which ones are inspiring you tell a little story i used to be a dj back in the day and yeah i loved this show so it was one of my favorite um and i use it in um a lot of like i've got a, a late night game show that we play when i go to some festivals yeah uh and i have a spot in it called silent rage right which is I used to sneak out into the lounge room and watch, but my mum would be asleep in the bedroom just off from the lounge room. Yeah. So I'd have to turn the music all the way down. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I just loved watching the visual effects. And if you can guess the song and the artist just based on the music video, yeah. I'll give you points in the, in, oh, the, right. in the game show. That's nice. Sounds like a round that would be in Nevermind the Buzzcocks over here or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that would be really cool. Yeah, because, you know, when they do the snippets, you probably do it in one of your quizzes, but like where you do the, just a snippet of music, like a second, and you can yeah. hear it. It's like, oh, I know what that is. From a snare, from a... Yes. Bang. From a, yeah, it's a trumpet. <laughs> Phil Collins. Can, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> you just know it. Exactly. <laughs> All right, I'll ask you a different one. Uh, who was the first person or character on television that made you feel fuzzy in your loins? Oh, um, 
Ranger Ranger Stacy was a uh, was pretty big. Um, yeah, she was on a on a cartoon TV show that was in the mornings. Mm-hmm. Um, Ranger Stacy is a lot like a Steve Irwin sort of character that we had right. back in the day. Is this a human woman or a cartoon? She just presents a hu- human human woman. A human woman. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, she would come out and talk about like animals and stuff like she'd come gotcha. from the zoo and and maybe have like some kind of some snakes or, um, or something. yeah snakes <laughs> yeah and and would show them and, and teach you about them there was agro's cartoon connection was the name of the tv show nice um and strange. agro was a little puppet it's got to have an o on it agro of course it's got an o on it yeah agro agro, and he, <laughs> agro in the arvo he was a he was a menace yeah he was a little menace muppet yeah um i think Quite literally, I think he was made from the animal puppet, um, the Muppet the animal. I think they just pulled oh, really? stuff off him and, and maybe added a nose or something. But he looked he looks very similar. Right. Yeah, and and he was a menace. He would say things very borderline. Like I've watched um his YouTube today. Like mm-hmm. I watched episodes back, and yeah, he's gone completely over the line at times where as kids we we did not yeah uh, we just thought he was being a bit cheeky and a bit silly but he was he was a menace um and yeah so that was really fun um but ranger stacy and also i was around with um pamela anderson was was doing valerie irons private investigator so the vip right. show that oh, pamela right. anderson was in Vague recollections um, of that. Oh yeah. So that was that was obviously You've got very clear recollections of that, obviously. <laughs> Absolutely. Um my favorite episode. <laughs> Did you see the biopic of um Lily James playing her in that biopic with Sebastian Stan? No. It was so no, good. I didn't watch it. It was really, really yeah, good. Yeah, everyone says it was really good. I've actually it's on my phone as saved in my mm. uh is it Netflix or whatever to watch. I mean you definitely like it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I watch a lot of these series when I'm because I'm traveling around the country so often. Yeah. yeah, I save them on my phone, and then when we're on a flight or whatever, mm. I, I I try and watch them in a row. So yeah, I'll binge too. them. Yeah, yeah, that's a good shout. VIP. God, I don't think. I, what was the film she did that was really bad that had the, all the money behind it in the world and it was supposed to be like the barbed big, wire. That's it, barbed wire. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's it. I forgot that does get mentioned in the in the show. Yeah, that's. Uh, that's <laughs> we'll not talk but about yeah, that. That's a obviously. film. We talk about films on every day. This. <laughs> I'll, I'll keep this short now because I do. I'm sorry. I talked to you for ages, but I've got to go and do this school run. I will yeah. ask you one more TV show question. Let's think. I've got some new ones. I want to ask you one of the new ones. Okay. If you could, for 24 hours, embody the actual character from a TV show, you could actually be that person and live in their body and be that for 24 hours, who would it be? Oh, I love that. Um, who was a who was a major influence that I really loved? I loved uh, like He Man was cool mm-hmm. back in the day, and I think there's not much difference between He Man and and his alter ego. Mm. Um, Adam, what's I his did, name? Adam Prince. Adam, I think his name was Adam. Is it Adam something? It's always yeah. Adam. It's a bit of a biblical, I think. I think it is too. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> or even like the Ninja Turtles were were pretty cool. I think Donatello was my favorite. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I reckon that the, maybe Donatello. I reckon I wouldn't mind living in that okay. world, in that body, um, yeah, trying to being trying an actual to, turtle. Yeah, and trying to trying to figure your way out through. Is it New York City that they live in? I think it is. It is, or is it one of those kind of uh, Superman things where it's uh, it's not, but it is. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it is New York. I think I'm, I'm just going off the movie as yeah, well. Yeah. I think that they do. Which one of the seventeen? Yeah, they're not. 
It's just come out again, isn't it? Not a Metropolis. Yeah, not Metropolis. Yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah. My, the very first movie that I ever watched, Franco mm. Breaker, mm-hmm. is um is the Ninja Turtles. So that's the original one. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. The very first one. The cartoon was just yeah phenomenal to me, and I was at that right age bracket where mm. I ran home from school. I think our bus pulled up at like the corner of the of this block at maybe four twenty, mm-hmm. and it was a good twenty minute walk from the bus to my house. Yeah, but the cartoon came on at four thirty. All right, so we would like but. run off the bus and just bolt home. All right, that is one of my other questions. It's like, what TV show did you run home to see? So it's, it's a double because obviously it was scheduled. You had to get there. There was no. I guess you could tape it. Well, sort of, yeah. I don't think we had a VHS back then. Mm. I don't. I don't think we could have taped it. And uh, Tintin, I absolutely love that. Yeah. I think I was getting up first thing in the morning to watch it, um, but it was such a such a really cool investigative yeah. sort of show. Um, and it was is that age bracket that that was coming out where I was starting to get a bit older and I was right. more interested in uh, not as sort of dumbed down cartoons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still interested in cartoons, but not the yeah, starting to get a little bit more progressive. Yeah, yeah. I understand. Yeah, Tintin. That's uh, the old Belgian cartoon. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm off to Belgium very soon. Oh, it's Tintin everywhere over there. Tintin and Smurfs. That's there too, isn't it? Or Smurfs Dutch? Come on, <laughs> one or the other. It's basically Avatar. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Smurfs used to scare me. The um, oh, right. Gargamel was like scary as I was a kid. Um, I think yeah. And do you have uh, stay away from that trapdoor? Is that a TV show? Yeah, it's a TV show, and um. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's from the UK because it's. I think it was more. Uh, what do you call it? Stop go animation. Oh right, right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was stop motion. Yeah. yeah, so probably from Bristol. Yeah, yeah. That stuff can be really creepy very, though, very as uh, Guillermo del Toro shows us. Uh, that can really creep you out. A lot of that stuff when I was a kid, it was all like little. It, even if it wasn't stop motion, it was kind of the frame rate was off. You know what I mean? And it made it look quick peek yeah. up than it should because it wasn't moving smoothly. Absolutely. Yeah, I didn't like that stuff at all. Puddle Lane was another Puddle another Lane. scary sort of show. Um, I have to check all yeah, these things out. Yeah, it was out. a very... Check them out. Yeah, yeah. Boom, 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 boom <laughs> was, the, uh, was a song that he sang when he was making potions. <laughs> I will look at that. Okay, Dane, well, thank you so much for coming on Television Times. I really appreciate it. Um, is there anything you would like to plug? Uh, well, uh, the didgeridoozy, if anybody wants to check out the show and um, the didgeridoo, uh, you can on Paramount+. Plus. That is my, my special out on that. Um, if you've got a cheeky way of doing it, you can go on 10 Play. And you can watch it for free if you don't have Paramount+. Plus. And then, yeah, and the didgeridoos in there as well. Um, and my, my little, a little cheeky appearance from my dad if people wanted to have a look at oh, really? him. And, yeah, Edinburgh next year, please. Get some tickets. Come along. Uh, my new show is called Always Was, Always Will Be Funny. Um, and, yeah, just uh, follow me along social media. Well, I'll definitely be there. I'll be there to see the full show next year for sure, Dane. Yeah, perfect. All right, man, I'll see you there. Thank you so much for coming on. I'll, oh, let, I'll let you know when this is coming out. Thank you. Thanks so much. See you, man. Bye, Dane. See ya. Bye-bye. See you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, perfect. I'll stop recording. All right, you've got to head off. Simpson there. 
Dane Simpson, Australian comedian. You can catch him on The Amazing Race, the celebrity version, which is available now um, in Australia on Channel 10, I think he mentioned. And also, he's in Thank God You're Here with Celia Pecola. And you can also catch his comedy special on Paramount Plus, as he mentioned. Now, to our outro song. So those with good memory and a keen ear might remember that on episode four with Rob Morgan, I played the song We Are Animals. This is We Are Animals low-key version. It's a different arrangement. It's the same song, but I wanted to put it out there because I like both versions sort of equally. And I just wanted to have something that I wrote in Australia again for Dane's episode. And this is the one that always sticks in my mind as the most, you know, obvious song I wrote in Australia. I was there in 2005 to six on a show and I wrote it on a piano backstage at Star City in Sydney. Now, this was recorded in Tokyo later that same year. This is the remix version that was originally on Re Animals, not We Are Animals. And I hope you like it. Where is the love? Where is the love? Can you tell me where is the love? Where is the love? Where is the love? Can you tell me where is the love? Where is the love? Where is the love? Can you tell me where is the love? Where is the love? Where is the love? Can you tell me where is the love? Where is the love? Where is the love? What's wrong? humanity the age of me 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 has got us chasing shit that we don't need text your donation for the animals is it really coincidence that all the presidents
was We Are Animals, the low-key version. I should add that the backing vocals on that song was sung by Yuki Yamanaka. I don't want to not give her the credit because she did an amazing job all over that album. Okay, so come back next week, tell other people. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, stay tuned for more. We've got some great episodes coming down the pipe. Bye-bye for now. 